Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Above the Border. My name is Ireland Lavery. And I'm Jacob White. And this is episode two. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. It's uh, nice to have everyone back again. Another episode, another uh, week of news that we're going to go through today. So as to start off, like we did last week, we'll give a coronavirus update. Um, as of today, Wednesday, May 27th, at around 3.40 p.m., uh, there are 1.72 million confirmed coronavirus cases in the United States. There are also 365,000 people who have recovered and now 100,000 deaths. And for the presidential election, there are 160 days until that election on November 3rd, 2020. So today we're going to be talking about an update on Trump and the hydroxychloroquine drug. We're also going to be talking about George Floyd, as well as Joe Biden, Donald Trump and Twitter. And as well, we are going to be talking about SpaceX. So just to jump into things right now, the first update we do want to give you is on Donald Trump and the hydroxychloroquine drug. So if you haven't heard last week's episode of the podcast, definitely go check it out. Uh, we do speak a little bit in detail about Donald Trump taking this drug called hydroxychloroquine that was kind of up in the air about whether or not it was a treatment for coronavirus. So we just wanted to start off this update by telling you that Caitlin Collins, who is a White House uh, correspondent for CNN, tweeted out on May 20th that the president finishing his prescription for hydroxychloroquine in about two days. So that would leave him finishing his prescription around May 22nd. Also today, according to Politico, Dr. Anthony Fauci became the first Trump administration official to say definitively that hydroxychloroquine is not an effective treatment for coronavirus based on the available data. So that's definitely a very crucial piece of information that just came out today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's just sort of uh, wrapping up that story that we did last week. So moving forward now into a more recent story, George Floyd. I feel like a lot of people have seen this uh, story pop up on Twitter, pop up on a lot of different uh, social media channels. So there was a video that came out of uh, George Floyd. He's a 46-year-old African-American man. He was being beaten up by police officers in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. The shot that has been trending the most is the shot of a police officer's knee going right on the neck of George Floyd. There was large protests that have now since taken place in Minneapolis. The bystander who shared it on social media, that was on Monday, is when the what actually happened. Uh, took off on Tuesday and has since uh, grown further into widespread protests, community outrage, FBI civil rights investigations, and the firing of the officer who was recorded and three other colleagues who were also at the scene at the same time. Now, there's been a lot of outrage shown from various political members, uh, starting off with a statement from Amy Klobuchar. She says, quote, uh, we heard his repeated calls for help. We heard him say over and over again that he could not breathe. And now we have seen yet another horrifying and gut-wrenching instance of an African-American man dying. Every single person, every single community in this country deserves to feel safe. As the mayor of Minneapolis noted, this tragic loss of life calls for immediate action. There must be a complete and thorough outside investigation into what occurred, and those involved in this incident must be held accountable. Justice must be served for this man and his family. Justice must be served for our community, and justice must be served for our country. 
Obviously, that hits Amy Klobuchar quite hard because she is the senator from Minnesota. So obviously, that's her area there. And obviously, she wants to put out this statement, as many others have, uh, moving forward now to U.S. Senator Kamala Harris, another former U.S. presidential candidate who has since dropped out. Same with uh, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, She says, quote, my heart is heavy this morning thinking about George Floyd's family. It's not enough to fire the officers. They must be held accountable and an investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department's practices must be opened. His family deserves justice using the hashtag justice for George Floyd. That was on Twitter. And another one from U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York. She says, hashtag George Floyd should be alive. Instead, he was killed as he begged police for his life. The impunity of police violence is a systemic problem we must face to save lives. Police brutality is now a leading cause of death for young black men in the U.S. The status quo is killing us. And uh, one more statement here from the last presidential candidate, Joe Biden. He says, quote, George Floyd deserved better and his family deserves justice. His life mattered. I'm grateful for the swift action in Minneapolis to fire the officers involved. They must be held responsible for their egregious actions. The FBI should conduct a thorough investigation. So this isn't really much of a there isn't much to debate here in terms of uh, things going back and forth. Uh, But uh, Ireland, what do you think about how this whole thing came about and the subsequent protests? Yeah, so I have seen the video myself and it is gut-wrenching it is disgusting to watch quite frankly um and i am glad that politicians are stepping forward and speaking about the cause obviously this is a systemic problem and we will definitely keep you guys updated those police officers like jacob did mention have been fired but we'll keep you updated in future episodes as for if there are any further action taken uh, against them absolutely for this one and it's uh reminiscent i've seen a lot of people on twitter uh stars in the athletic field such as colin kaepernick and lebron james who are comparing this very much to the eric garner case Mm -hmm. uh back in 2014 where it's very similar in terms of Eric Garner was saying the big uh, statement that came out of that was I can't breathe. There was lots of t-shirts. That was a whole rallying cry around that. And that was said as well by George Floyd. So the idea that uh, this has popped up now, uh, it really shows that as much progress as people think they have made, it's sort of the same circumstances leading to a similar action around uh, six years later. So it really makes people wonder, have we made very much progress in this field? Have we changed the practices of people? Have we changed anything, really, when it comes to the police departments? And I mean, each police department is different. I know, obviously, there's a lot of people who would look at all different police departments and lump them all together. It's different for each state, each county. I I understand that. But it does come to a point, and it's probably come to this point many years ago, that we need to look at an overhaul of the complete uh, judicial system and how we handle suspects, how we, especially uh, minority suspects, because this doesn't, these videos don't seem to come out for people who are white, quite honestly. So um, yeah, definitely something to look uh, into as we move into the future. Moving on to our next story now, it is about uh, Joe Biden. The presidential candidate Joe Biden has asked Minnesota so- Senator Amy Klobuchar to undergo vetting to be considered as his vice presidential running mate. Biden said that the, quote, invasive process of vetting will begin soon. And according to CBS, if a potential contender consents, she should be poised to undergo a rigorous multi-week review of her public and private life and work 
work by a hand-picked group of Biden confidants who will review tax returns, public speeches, voting records, past personal relationships, and potentially scandalous details from her past. Several others are also expected to consent uh, to the vetting process, but the senator of New Hampshire, Jean Shaheen, has declined. Shaheen is also running for re-election this year, but the other senator from New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan, has agreed to undergo the vetting process according to local reports. Hassan actually has said that she is, quote, flattered that Vice President publicly mentioned my name as someone he would consider. I'm not going to comment about the process, whatever that may be. My focus each and every day continues to be serving the people of New Hampshire in the U.S. Senate. So moving on from that, Joe Biden has also made his first public appearance in person uh, in more than two months. So he was seen out on Memorial Day with his wife, Jill Biden, laying a wreath at a veterans park in Delaware. Both Jill and Joe Biden were also seen wearing masks, so I think that is definitely important. What do you think about this whole vetting process, um, it being, I guess, quote-unquote invasive, and of course now he has made an appearance. What do you have to say, Jacob? Well, yeah, with this process, it's um, he's really, I don't want to say limited, but he really wanted to go for, he wants to get a female vice president in there. He said that from the very beginning, and that's what he's looking for. So that's why you're seeing names come out like Amy Klobuchar, I've seen Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, uh, people like that. So already a lot of people were uh, quick to, I've seen a bit of criticism saying, why are you just shutting yourself off to just one uh, gender when it comes to this? It's, but I mean, obviously with Hillary Clinton being the, in 2016, she was the first ever female uh, presidential party uh, nominee to get all the way to the final two. And now we're trying to, uh, uh, Joe Biden's really, um, hell-bent on trying to get someone who uh, who is a female who is going to be the vice president here, um, at least vice presidential running mate, I should say. Um, so it's just sort of interesting to look at the people he's been uh, vetting here. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, that was an interesting one. Back in uh, February, when he sort of consolidated all uh, the moderate Democrats to come together, that was the him with uh, uh, him... Uh, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar were all the ones in the moderate lane. And then after that, New Hampshire, Nevada, uh, and then really getting into Carolina, North Carolina there, um, it sort of boils down to just Joe Biden. And there's talk of maybe Amy Klobuchar dropped out to uh, make sure that she gets a spot high ranking position in a potential Joe Biden uh, White House whether that be secretary of state, whether that be vice presidential, vice president. Um, but I mean, it, that was definitely uh, the timing of that sort of always uh, tended to bug me. But obviously now we're seeing Klobuchar is being vetted. Her name's been thrown out there. So obviously I think he's looking for someone who is going to be more of a moderate Democrat. So for anyone who's uh, fans of someone on the left, like Elizabeth Warren, I don't think that'll be the way he wants to go with this one. What do you think about this one, Arlen? I do agree with what you're saying. I feel like um, he will end up choosing someone who is a little bit more moderate. Um, and that is why when I see the name Amy Klobuchar come up into the news, I'm not totally shocked by it because, like you said, she is a more moderate Democrat. So I'm like at the moment, like I said, not completely shocked, but I am interested uh, to see how the process will continue going on. Um, and obviously, ultimately, who will end up being his vice presidential running mate? Well, yeah. I mean, it's. 
there's a lot of talk I've seen about since Joe Biden's more in his advanced age now, once we get to 2020, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump will be two of the oldest candidates going up against each other. So the idea uh, floated around that Joe Biden could just be a one term president and he would stop when you get to 2024 and whoever the vice president would be, let's we'll take in Amy Klobuchar as the example here, would basically see themselves as a free reign to becoming the nominee and then potentially uh, winning the White House there. So obviously, Joe Biden doesn't, it doesn't seem like Joe Biden would be able to, two terms is a very long time, that's a full eight years. And for Joe Biden, like we said, one of the older candidates out there, um, someone who it's it's tough to see how he would be able to the as you can see when you look at Barack Obama when he left just the aging process that it takes going from uh 2008 Obama once you get to 2016 Obama there's a lot more gray hairs on the top of Obama's head and it just looks like it takes a lot out of uh anybody so it's just I don't see Joe Biden getting that second term in there yeah, and I'm also fairly certain that if Joe Biden were to be elected president of the United States, that he would be the oldest president um, ever elected. So that's something as well. So I, I've heard a lot, you're right, about that one-term president being thrown around. And like you also mentioned, whoever his VP ends up being might be uh, an easier candidate for the following um, term, right? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for that one. Uh, so moving now from potential presidents to the current president right now, uh, Donald Trump, back on Twitter again. Uh, but this time it's very interesting. He's been doing, obviously we've seen for many years now, he's been tweeting out rants in the middle of the night, fake news, all this kind of stuff, stuff in capital letters, exclamation points all over the place. But for the one of the first times that I've seen, Trump is now threatening to regulate or shut down media, social media companies, especially Twitter. These threats come just a day after Twitter uh, subjected his tweets to some fact-checking. Obviously, if you go onto a tweet, you can look at the bottom and it'll direct you to a link that'll tell you uh, this is a falsehood, this is fake. They've done this for other tweets before, but never actually for uh, the president. So this is very interesting. Um, So Trump on Twitter, this is the tweet that sort of all started it. Uh, He was talking about mail-in ballots. So he was talking. So this is the tweet that comes after after uh, he get Twitter goes after him. He's saying, quote, at Twitter is now interfering in the 2020 presidential election. They're saying my statement on mail in ballots, which will lead to massive corruption and fraud, is incorrect based on fact checking by fake news, CNN and the Amazon Washington Post. So obviously he connects it all together to fake news. Um, I've seen the terms that he's been using now, lamestream media do nothing Democrats, just stuff like little buzzwords that he's been doing, Sleepy Joe for uh, Joe Biden, just stuff that's very, um, I, I guess I'll say childish. Um, uh, but he's been doing it for his entire presidency. So nothing really uh, surprises me at this point. So and he t- brings us all back to Republicans versus the establishment or Republicans versus the mainstream media. So he says, quote, on Twitter, Republicans feel that social media platforms totally science conservative silence conservative voices. We will strongly regulate or close them down before we can ever allow this to happen. So the idea of us versus them, he's been doing that ever since 2016. Uh, nothing new here. I, the biggest story here is Twitter actually going after him on something, going after him on a claim that he's made, and he's made thousands of claims online uh, on Twitter about everything, every like literally everything. So, what do you think about this one, Ireland? 
I think that this is crazy <laughs> because obviously Trump's favorite thing to do, I feel like a lot of the time is tweet out. So when I saw this, I was definitely, I think that it's good that, that Twitter is doing this because it shows that um, they obviously aren't just going to let the president of the United States tweet out whatever he wants. So on the tweets that he made on May 26th about mail-in ballots, they actually put, it's like a little blue warning at the bottom that says, get the facts about mail-in ballots. After clicking the warning um, that is on the bottom of these tweets, Twitter directs you to another page that is actually titled, Trump makes unsubstantiated claim that mail-in ballots will lead to voter fraud. So on that page, it's gonna provide you with information on mail-in ballots, including the fact that fact checkers say that there is no evidence that mail-in ballots are linked to voter fraud. So I think that it's it's very good that, that Twitter is doing that. Regardless of your standing on politics, it's important to get the right information. So seeing that is, is really crucial, I think. Obviously, continuing on from that, Twitter said a couple days ago that it would not remove Trump tweets. So this is the next step in that. Obviously, there's the fact checking, then there's the ability to uh, take down tweets or completely uh, strike the channel, strike the account. So in the uh, New York Times article here, it says uh, Twitter said yesterday, obviously that was from a couple days ago, that it would not remove Trump tweets spreading a baseless conspiracy theory that the MSNBC host Joe Scarborough, he hosts a show called Morning Joe, killed Lori Klostas, a former congressional staff member who died in 2001 of a medical condition. The widower, Klaus Widower, took to Twitter to say, quote, I'm asking you to intervene in this instance because the president of the United States has taken something that does not belong to him, the memory of my dead wife, and perverted it for the perceived political gain. So it'll be interesting to see if Twitter moves on this one. Obviously, they, they've been accused in the past of letting a lot of things go, letting a lot of things just sort of spread pretty quickly. And it's the idea of is Twitter, a lot of people look to Twitter for the news, but is Twitter actually news? Should they fact check? Should they step in and stuff? Or should it be more of an open market system where everyone can put in their information, put on stuff, and it's up to whoever's reading it, you or a consumer, to look at what they're seeing and identify whether it's telling the truth or not. Obviously, they're leaning more now into trying to clamp down on obvious falsehoods. And so it'll be interesting to see if they go the full way. It's the He's the president of the United States, and whether people want to uh, argue it's not my president, all that kind of stuff, whatever he says on Twitter is technically a presidential announcement. So even though it seems to be in a... Un, not the best of ways. It's not in the typical press release that people have seen in the past, or he's done uh, stuff at the Oval Office. He wants to just tweet it out, go directly to the people that he, all of his supporters. But it's just interesting to see if Twitter will step down, uh, step down and get on Trump for this one. Yeah, it's definitely a multi-tiered story. There's a couple different things that are kind of going on all simultaneously. And you're right, it'll be interesting to see, will Twitter continue to put these prompts on Donald Trump's tweets if he's tweeting falsehoods? Or now that he's threatened them, will they stop doing it? So we'll definitely have to keep our eye out on this story and just see uh, Twitter's response and see if Donald Trump will say anything else going forward from here. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a developing one. Yeah. 
So moving forward, our last story of the day is the fact that SpaceX has partnered with NASA to launch its first crewed flight. Uh, so, so through a partnership with NASA, SpaceX is sending people into space today on Wednesday aboard the Crew Dragon. The flight marks the first ever manned space launch by a private company and is the first crew NASA launch from the U.S. since 2011. So the weather forecast for the SpaceX launch has decreased the chance of favorable weather conditions down to 50%, uh, which is actually down from 60%. And it was earlier mentioned that this is likely to change given the thunderstorms expected around Cape Canaveral later today. So a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket is due to lift off from the Kennedy Space Center, launching NASA astronauts Doug Hurley and Bob Beckman, uh, on a 19-hour ride aboard the Crew Dragon capsule to the International Space Station in obviously a historical launch. The plan is to press ahead with today's countdown, despite the weather concerns. They obviously are, there are still some weather concerns that remain, but there's still a chance that this may happen. So the crew is going to be suiting up and SpaceX will continue to prepare the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon for liftoff at 4.33 p.m. Eastern Time. We also did want to mention, um, just to tie it in back to the President of the United States, he did arrive around 3 p.m. today at the Kennedy Space Center aboard the Air Force One, and the plane took a detour around over the launch pad to get a view of the SpaceX rocket and the Crew Dragon capsule. Do you think this is going to happen? What are your thoughts on this story? Um, I think this is going to happen today. Obviously, uh, looking at the time as of now, it's going to be in around uh, half an hour. Um, so I think they'll be able to get this one uh, up and going for today. Obviously, the president did uh, arrive there today, so he probably wants to see some type of launch happen uh, as best as possible. Um, interesting that we've got uh, two straight weeks, two first episodes, and both of them are space-themed. Uh, just thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, with this one, obviously, uh, with the Space Force last week and now the first uh, crewed NASA launch since 2011, it's been a while since they've done one of these. Um, uh, just uh, interesting to mention out SpaceX, Elon Musk, that's his, that's his company there, same man who runs uh, Tesla. Um, so this has been something that's been working for, I think, around a year, a year to maybe even more than that at this point. They've been working on trying to get it together. Trump wanted to make sure that SpaceX was the one. Their end goal is to get to Mars. Uh, but for right now, this one, they just want to make sure if the, this is their first launch, like we said already, first manned launch since 2011. They just want to see if this uh, shuttle will work. And they'll see if it'll be able to uh, travel quite well. But yeah, obviously look out for those uh, thunderstorm conditions. Yeah, yeah so we'll definitely have to check back in on this story as well. I feel like we've said that a lot over the uh, <laughs> stories that we have spoken on today. But we'll definitely have to give you guys an update uh, next week in regards to this story as well. A lot of developing stories this week. A lot of things that uh, by next week this time, they'll probably be either completely different or there'll be some brand new stories to come up that's just sort of the way it works in american politics nowadays yes absolutely and we just wanted to thank you very much for tuning in today once again this has been above the border episode two my name is ireland lavery and i'm jacob white and we just wanted to remind you that all of the episodes of our podcasts are available on pretty much all uh, podcast forms. So that is Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts. So be sure to check it out wherever your most favorable podcast um, source is. But other than that, you can check us next Friday for another episode. Yeah. And just one more thing to add. Uh, you can all follow us on Twitter. We'll probably link it somewhere. I don't know. Here. 
over on your side too. <laughs> so yeah, just uh, you can follow us on Twitter and we'll try and tweet out as much information throughout the week uh, as we can. So again, uh, thank you very much and we'll see you next time.